Welcome to Bridging the Potential, intergenerational conversations that change the world. This is Aaron Johnson, founding member of Living the Potential Network's Youth Advisory Council, with a question for you. What happens when you bridge the experience, education, and expertise of an elder with the curiosity, energy, and innate wisdom of a youth? It's simple. Everyone grows and the world changes for the better. One conversation, one connection, and one collaboration at a time. Today's podcast is no different. Renee Beth connected me with Greg Kuhn, also known as the Law of Attraction Science Guy. He's an author and speaker focused on quantum physics, changing beliefs, and creating abundance. I think you'll enjoy our conversation about the role beliefs play in manifestation. And my favorite part of this episode was when Greg shared how we can use our feelings to inform our beliefs and ultimately create the life we want. Today, I have two special guests. One is uh, our mentor today is Greg Kuhn. And Greg is a professional educator and an author. He's actually worked for DuPont Manual High School since 2000 and has written, I guess, six to seven books altogether about human development and success. He lives in Louisville, Kentucky, and he's the author of a best selling series about why quantum physicists book series. And some people call him the quantum science guy. The other guest I have today is Aaron Johnson, who lives here in Portland, Oregon. He is a recent high school graduate who actually took design of his own learning at an early age. He's got exposure and experience of different learning environments and is currently writing a book and has been practicing in a mock trial environment, learning all about our justice system. <laughs> So I want to welcome both of you today, and um, seems like you guys are quite a match for me to be engaged with you today. So I want to start with you, Greg. Um, your books are fascinating, and uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about yourself and your journey. Let's get us started there. Welcome, hey. Greg Kuhn. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you were so gen generous in your introduction of me. I, I I was about to ask you to keep talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you, your journey that brought you to where you are and the messages that you're putting out there with all these books. Yeah, well, I, you know, why am I here talking with you, right? I mean- uh, Good place to start, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I, gosh, I, I guess it was in 2000 and- no, 1999, I had been studying the law of attraction and positive thinking and, um, you know, that, that genre of self-help, whatever, you know, however you want to label it and had become, I, I'd been quite a student of it. And I had read and studied a lot about quantum physics too. And what I learned to me, uh, very much supported what I was learning about the law of attraction and self-help and positive thinking. Um, uh, and so in 1999, I decided that knowing these things, um, I could follow a path, become wealthy and do it in a way that would be a benefit to everyone around me. And I was absolutely certain that 
if I, you know, did the right things in the right way, while also utilizing the secret of the universe, which is positive thinking, you know, via the law of attraction, that this was an absolute no brainer, that it was, that there was no way it could fail. Absolutely. And, That's to me. <laughs> you know, I, uh, guess what happened? Um, it, it did fail. The whole reason that we're talking is because it failed. Uh, gosh, if, um, well, the bottom line is uh, I reached a point after working diligently and, uh, you know, continuing to, to stay focused and doing and working as hard as I possibly could. I reached a point where the attorney who was helping me gave me about six months. He said, she said, you got, you got six months and then the foreclosures are going to start. And, and what I was looking at, because nothing I had done had had any effect. I had, I owned a bunch of houses. I hadn't been able to sell any of them and that they're, they'd only grown further in disrepair. So what I was looking at is uh, declaring bankruptcy, uh, having about a million dollars of debt, up 14 foreclosures, um, and losing my primary residence. Uh, I mean, all these, these, just this tsunami of consequences that were going to follow me the rest of my life uh, and make things incredibly difficult. Um, Probably the thing that scared me the most was having that label, you know, that every time I looked in the mirror for the rest of my life, I was going to be that guy. Every time I went to a family gathering, I was that guy, you know, even, you know, I, and I have uh, three sons. Uh, I know I held up a four <laughs> because I have a, just a beautiful stepson, uh, who uh, I have been fortunate enough to, uh, you know, become a part of a family with uh, since that time. But I just couldn't bear the idea of being that guy, being that person, being that, you know, it, it was so, so diametrically opposed to what I just knew was going to happen for me. Exactly. Um, it, it, it was horrible. So with six months to go, having tried everything else, I said, what, what do I have to lose? You know, um, I still felt like quantum physics was validating what the law of attraction was proposing, but what I've been doing hadn't been working. I thought, well, there, maybe there is a way to take advantage of this and do it differently and, and, and have it really work. I mean, I don't have anything else to lose. My back was against the wall. I mean, it, if, if, if I failed, it wasn't going to make anything any worse. And, you know, I don't know why it took getting me to that point. I don't know why it, it, it was necessary for me to reach a point like that, but it was. And I really, uh, I let go of preconceived notions. And, and what I learned, I wrote about as I went. Um, and essentially what, what, what I learned as I went, I just decided that I was going to really feel the real feelings that I felt about what was happening every day. And I went from there. Um, you know, I'd studied some neuroscience 
And, and by the way, I continue to study these things. I love these topics. I love quantum physics. I love neuroscience. I love neurobiology. Um, still, I, I'm a student of these. And I just put them to use. I will say a year later, I didn't have any debt. I didn't, never had a single foreclosure. Never declared bankruptcy. Wow. My, my primary residence never even came into any danger of being taken away. Um, it, it was really the greatest outcome that I could have manifested. And um, it, it didn't happen like a genie, you know, where I yeah. wiggled my nose um, and just poof, made things happen out of thin air. It, it happened in a, in a intentional, measured, gradual way that I, that I had been writing about and wound up writing about in, in more complete fashion because I just simply had to tell people about this. Uh, right. You mentioned, you know, you mentioned all the books that I've written. Um, I continue to explore this pathway. In fact, I'm uh, right now working on, uh, I guess, uh, not, a, not a second version of the, the methodology I created, but um, an update, an update that incorporates an awful lot of living experiences that I've had since that time. Um, and I'm working on a curriculum, a quantum curriculum for students of all ages. So it, this is a great time to be talking to, to both of you. Oh, fantastic. Well, there's something about, you know, that saying it says, feel the fear and do it anyway. Like you had been practicing and reading and doing all that law of attraction and the positive thinking and all of it. And you, you said, and to use your own words, it wasn't really working. It wasn't working in the time that you thought it should be working. Something occurred, something else had to occur within your beliefs or something that shifted into an awakening that allowed you to bring the story forward, like in real time, experiential real time. Is that part of the, the gift <laughs> of the delay? Yeah, you know, I, and, and, you know, Aaron and Renee, both of you, uh, certainly the term manifesting is, is not alien to you. And I know that, that that's, a, that's a part of our mainstream vernacular now. There's nothing inherently mystical about it per se, uh, but just piggybacking on what you said, Renee, answering that question, you know, to manifest something is to make it apparent to your eyes or to your understanding. And uh, I, I, I know that where I was stuck, you know, w when I found myself in that big deep hole that I had dug for myself, um, I had been trying to manifest the experiences I wanted by making them apparent to my eyes. And uh, what I learned is that the more powerful way to do it, especially when it comes to these really big, important desires that we have, is to make it apparent to my understanding. Now, it's a little bit of a trick because to make something apparent to my understanding also makes it apparent to my eyes. But to make something apparent to my eyes doesn't always make it apparent to my understanding. And that's ultimately because 
It's our beliefs that manifest our experiences. And when we're encountering those frustrating and disappointing experiences, um, you know, how we deal with those things typically, but when we're consistently facing that and experiencing those disappointing, unfulfilling, unsatisfying, uh, you know, parts of our lives, um, we, you know, what, it, what are we typically taught to do? We're taught to manifest by making things apparent to our eyes. We're taught to feel the feelings we want to have. And that makes you feel good. And there is nothing wrong with that. You know, positive thinking and positive affirmations, they're great for making you feel good. You know, in your conscious awareness, that's a wonderful thing. They're also great for getting you back on track. You know, when you're usually successful and fulfilled in this area, but you're, you're, you're kind of in a pothole or a dip, mm -hmm. positive affirmations and positive thinking can get you back on the track. But ultimately, they will not ever change our beliefs, you know. Uh, and, and so I, I almost, I don't want to say I accidentally learned that, <laughs> you know, when, when I was, you know, working my way through this financial uh, morass. Um, but it definitely took me having my back to the wall before I became willing to really well, be willing to, to be fearlessly emotionally honest. Right. Uh, it takes a lot, isn't it? When they talk about vulnerability and so forth. But I know we're gonna, there's so much richness here that you and Aaron can play with in just a minute. But before we go there, I wanted to just say this whole, you know, reading some of your books, I am so inspired. I Realizing that, you know, I, my favorite line is art leads science by 10 years. Science leads business by 10 years and business leads education by 10 years. So here we are in the science realm of the quantum, the quantum science that you are so, that you have tapped into that's more than a mental construct that lives in a domain separate from all these other domains because you brought it home to life. What is the quantum, the quantum world that you're speaking to? Is there a couple of statements that you could give us about that quantum world that changes the game? Yeah, I think to me, the, the, the wildest thing about the, the quantum realm is uh, the atom, you know? I mean, we've, uh, Aaron, you've, Renee, you've seen illustrations of an atom, right? You know, it looks like a little solar system. You got a nucleus and then you got you know, protons and neutrons in the nucleus, and then you've got electrons orbiting the nucleus like planets around a sun. Uh, we've all seen that. And if you can imagine that uh, atoms are little Legos, you know, that's what all material things are made out of. Right? We're all built out of these little Legos called atoms. I mean, you this is all copacetic with you, Aaron. This is right. These are not facts that are in question anymore. Correct. All right. Now, you know, I was tricking you by making you say yes, but what, what else could you say <laughs> that that's true? Right. Here's the deal. An atom isn't a thing. An atom is an electrical charge. An atom is 
energy. If you take an atom and you blow it up to the size of the Yankee Stadium so you can see what it looks like, right? Because otherwise you got to look under an electron microscope. So you blow it up to the size of Yankee Stadium. Now imagine that you finally get to see what an atom looks like with your naked eye. Well, guess what? It would still take you hours to see it. You know why? Because the only thing solid in that giant Yankee Stadium sized atom is the size of a fly. That's, that is all the mass in the atom, a fly in Yankee Stadium. That's what you're built out of. That's what I'm built out of. That's what the chair you're sitting on, Aaron, is built out of, right? So 99.9999% of you, or well, your body, because you are not your body, uh, which we're actually proving right now uh, in this line of reasoning, you can't be your body. You're nothing. But your body is real because, yeah, there is 0.0001 of you that's substantive. Uh, and and, and there's, that's enough for you to have an experience of, you know, a body that's a solid object in 3D time space. And that's how it works here. Thank God, right? Because otherwise, uh, you would just, we'd all, you know, pass right through the chair we're trying to sit on right now. Now, I don't, I won't uh, go down the rabbit hole. There are a lot of rabbit holes we can go down from here. One is, wh why is everything solid? If that's true, and it is, why is everything solid? Okay, if you wanna talk about that, we can talk about that. But the reason that I brought the, the, you know, this illustration into our conversation is, Aaron, Renee, you aren't made out of energy. You are energy. You are, I mean, literally 99.9999% of the entity that Renee and us, and that we call Renee, and the same with Aaron and Greg, is energy, is nothing. So we already exist in the quantum world. In fact, almost every single bit of us is a quantum, okay? It's, it's, it's energy. Thank God, and going back to this again, you know, thank God we have that little tiny percent that gives us this experience. But you, Aaron Johnson, is energy experiencing 3D time space. This is how energy experiences 3D time space. That's what you are. Renee, you are the universe experiencing being a material object in 3D time space. That's a literal statement, okay? Right. This is not um, a, a fanciful new age, and I'm not trying to insult those things because I love those things, but it, this is not like a new age idea that right. we, we just know it, no, we actually can see this. It, there's no way around it. So can we, you know, we, we have a dual existence, right? 
we, we, we've long said the words that we have, we're physical and non-physical, that we're body and spirit. It's absolutely literally true. So knowing that we can take advantage of the non-rules of the quantum realm, the non-rules of the energy realm, same thing, quantum realm, energy realm, um, because we're there, we are living in it right now. In fact, most of us is living in it right now. Pretty cool. Right, it is cool. I mean, cause, but there's such resistance to the science. It's been around for a long time, but there's still, you know, it's not become, like you said, really understandable for day-to-day -day life. People trying to make sense of, you know, if it's not willful positive thinking, there's a depth to what needs to happen that means surrendering those old beliefs. We don't even realize how much they're in us and how much mm -hmm. we're programming in our society, other people to believe that, right? So just because this is an intergenerational learning space, you know, Greg, um, how would your life have been different had you really embraced these thoughts about quantum? you know, that we're energy, like, let's say when you were 17, how would that have changed your experience, do you think? Hmm. I, gosh, you know, I, I have a funny relationship with the past and, and with the future. I do. I, um, I've become such a connoisseur of time. Um, it interests me so much that when I think about, okay, well, how thing, how would things have been different? I, you know what, I honestly, here's how, here's how I would answer that question. I believe that what our peak into the quantum realm, one of our takeaways is that what we call consciousness is energy. Yeah. It, is the quantum realm is consciousness and what there's another rabbit hole because we can talk about the qualities of energy as it exists when it's not being governed by the rules of 3d time space that absolutely paints a picture of a living vibrant omniscient omnipresent field right uh, and there's so much evidence for that. Um, but uh, I think that, that, so that part of us, that 99.999% that is energy, that is quantum, is, con is consciousness. And it, and it is part of consciousness writ large. We're kind of like, you know, we're, we're sort of like a wave, right, on the ocean. I mean, a wave on the ocean is not the ocean. It is part of an ocean. It's what an ocean is doing, right? The wave is a part of the ocean that is doing something unique. And, and then when it's done, it goes back to being part of the ocean like it was before. That, that's a good metaphor for what's happening here in 3D time space. So you know, if you use a term like evolution, as we evolve 
our consciousness. And there are ways to do that. I think ultimately learning ways to evolve our consciousness. If I'd been willing to learn that at age 17, they were there, you know? So I would say the more we make them available, well, you know, the sooner people can begin to take a leading role in evolving their consciousness in ways that they want to. Perfect. Well, that's a great segue. Thank you. There's so much that you've said here. And Aaron, I, I've sensed that um, it would be wonderful for you to share a little bit about um, introducing yourself and some of your story. And, you know, what is it about Ralph's um, this work about this quantum world in Greg's story that intrigues you. I know you've got some questions, but before we go into that, would you share a little bit about you and um, what drew you to Greg Kuhn to begin with? Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm um, 17. You already said I already live. I live in Portland, Oregon, and uh, life story. Um, I'm still kind of in education, and uh, I think a big part of my life has been. Well, obviously, my education, because it's most of, that's where most of my time has been going the last 17 years is with most people. And um, in terms of Greg and, you know, this whole quantum thing and, you know, this whole quantum physics thing, I've never really been really in it. You know, I've always been surrounded by it and this kind of knowledge about it and this talk about it uh, over the years. Um, I've read the Science of Getting Rich. I have um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill on my nightstand ready for me to read it when the time is right. Um, and uh, I haven't necessarily been um, actively going for it, you know, and I've always been, I've, I grew up in a setting where manifesting things um, was a part of my life in terms of like my mom, you know, like that, that focus, um, I guess the way that I always saw it was like, you ever play the game slug bug? You know, you see a buggy on the street, you punch someone. <laughs> so once you start playing that game, you start looking for them. And I've noticed once you start playing that game, you become more aware of them and you see them more often. And that's how I kind of view manifestation and quantum physics at the moment. It's like, you're going to see a lot more buggies or if you look for a specific color, you're going to see them a lot more and notice them a lot more because you're looking for it. Your consciousness and your perspective is aimed at that. And I think the biggest thing in my life that, you know, that I think I've um, manifested is sort of, um, I, uh, Harry Potter is probably my favorite movie series. been watching it for years. And uh, my mom asked me one day what, who my favorite character was. And uh, I said, Professor McGonagall, she's like one of the teachers, um, one of the, you know, um, head of uh the Gryffindor house and uh, you know for any nerds out there and uh and I and my mom was confused because she was like well it wasn't one of it wasn't one of the main characters it wasn't it wasn't Harry it wasn't Ron it wasn't Hermione you know and she was confused it's like one of the teachers and she saw that as um me needing a better like wanting a teacher like that and a great teaching experience and so few years later, I come here to Oregon from Southern California and I've manifested this teacher who is the best teacher I think I've ever, I've ever had. I love her so much. She's like a friend. She's literally a Harry Potter nerd. She runs a Harry Potter class for young people. So she literally calls herself Professor McGonagall. And she's, she came at a point in my life that was absolutely perfect. And so um, that's kind of my experience with manifestation and all that and quantum physics and sort of my view on all that. 
Oh, well, that's a pretty amazing. What age were you when, you know, I always think about time and I know Greg will take us through and bust through this whole time thing that we were talking about, but <laughs> you had that awareness before you moved to Oregon. So was it a period of three years, two years? When was it you manifested the perfect teacher that played the role that you loved in Harry Potter? Right. I would say probably three. Um, I probably had that conscious, like she was my favorite character when I was, I don't know, 11, 12. And I think I got here by the time I was 13 and then I started going to my school when I was 13 and a half, 14. So. Right. All right. So Greg, you know, this idea of manifestation and being aware of it and just like Aaron has been saying, he's aware of it and, and, and willing perhaps to become even more aware of it now that we're calling it into his consciousness. So I'm going to pass the baton back to you, Greg, to do some amazing magic with Erin and your exchange <laughs> and I'll be here observing and I might ask a question along the way but please I pass the baton to you sir <laughs> all right sir Coon. let's talk about okay. manifestation shall we or whatever else is coming up here here actually you know what I have a question for this how about I do this I do it like this because I didn't really give a question about like you know my goals right now so how about I have something related to this and manifestation so at the moment, I'm planning on starting some kind of service or uh, business um, related to like network building and management that I've learned with living the potential and using some new tools I've found and, you know, being like moving into that sort of gear and working with people. And I've started thinking about people and setting up that sort of thing. And that's what I'm kind of trying to manifest myself uh, for myself this year. And I have some, um, my mom called them big money goals for my age. And so I think my direct question to you is how would I manifest that for myself? How would you suggest I do that? Okay. Did you say, when you said you have some big money goals, <laughs> yeah. you're saying for what you manifest, you would like it to be, you know, to produce income, right? Yeah. Um, and sort of like, um, you know, I, I don't have really any specific numbers in mind at the moment, but it's kind of, I'm kind of moving into that mode where, I'm about to be an adult in like three months, which is terrifying, right? And I'm gonna have I'm about to be moving into the space where I'm gonna be by myself, you know, um, away from living in parents' home, right? So mm -hmm. finding a, a path forward is, and this is part of that, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, first piece of advice that I would give you is be specific about what you want to manifest and, and describe it experientially. I mean, just, you know, so in your case, I mean, let, let's say hypothetically, your response to that piece of advice is, okay, well, then if, if I think about what I, you know, whether it's a million dollars or a billion dollars or $50,000 or you know, $18 an hour. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's so many specific things that we can desire about money. And, 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 and obviously there are other aspects to this than just money. But since you mentioned money, I, Aaron, I believe that when it comes to perfect, any, anything where in my life, I have desires, mm -hmm. I have expectations of myself and expectations of the, the experiences that I'm gonna have. Um, we call those desires uh, or you know, other things too. Um, 
that it's it's good to make a Mount Rushmore, you know. Um, I think Mount Rushmore is in supposedly in North Dakota, right? Uh, I think south that's correct. or south in Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah, I think so. Well, all right. well <laughs> in the age of Google, we're sitting here trying to figure it out right, right. in our in this brain. Okay, but Mount Rushmore, you know, has got these four presidents on it, right? Well. I like to, when I'm thinking about how I'm going to evaluate my success, you know, um, when it comes to business, money is one of the carved, the president's carved on Mount Rushmore for my business, right? Um, but, you know, there might be like, um, you know, maybe it's, uh, uh, you know, number of clients is another one, number of referrals is another one, number of, you know, positive reviews, you know, whatever I choose. Right. Well, and that for me, the key is none of them are more important than the other. Okay. You knew I was going to say that, but I got another key. There's two keys. Okay. And this is the one that in my experience, we have to work on, you know, keep in mind, build a practice of none of them is less important than the other either, because as we, move forward and we encounter our bumps and our, you know, unexpected detours and, you know, obstacles, challenges. Uh, sometimes it's going to impact one of those heads on Mount Rushmore. And some, and that's scary. And it's pretty natural for me to say, oh, well, that one's not that important anyway. And then, you know, I mean, I'll use my wife as a professional painter. And uh, I'm just going to make up a hypothetical painter, okay? is I'm not talking about my wife. She's actually very successful. Um, but let's say I'm a painter and, and you know, sell, selling my paintings, that's, you know, so money, that, that's one of the heads on Mount Rushmore, but maybe I'm not selling paintings. And I start then pretending like, oh, well, money doesn't actually really matter. Okay, that's not an answer to the question though. That's just me saying, once you set those, you know, your personal Mount Rushmore, own them, you know? And, uh, and, you know, when you say, okay, so money, you want to have money, you know, entering your life, coming into your life, you want an income. And there's a lot of ways to define what it is you desire. Maybe you're like, well, you know, I, what I really want is $150,000 a year or what I really want is 500,000 in the bank. What I really want is to own my house with no mortgage. I mean, you know, and on and on and on. Right. And you should be as specific as you can from where you're sitting now about the specifics of what you want that money to look like in this 3d time space. Like it is, it's good to say, I'd like to find a way to earn, you know, $500 a week, well, you know, with, you know, doing this, spending this much time doing it, yada, yada, yada. And you know, as well as I do, there's a lot of like practical bits of information that can go into you making that decision, right? Also, tie it to what you want to experience, okay? So I desire a million dollars in the bank. And what is, the, what is the experience that I desire from that? 
you know, I desire financial security. I desire security. I desire peace of mind. I desire a lack of conflict. I desire the assurance of, you know, the safety and the assurance of those things. Um, own those experiences that we want to desire too, right? And then once you've done that, this is so cool. You start manifesting that experience right now, right where you are to the best of your ability. It's not gonna look like the, you know, the physical number that you identified, right? Right now, it's not gonna look like that. It's not, it, that's not the physical manifestation that's gonna be occurring for you in 3D time space. But you start manifesting the experience you're capable of with finances right now. And that's, well, that, that really leads you right into this game that I created called Grow Greater You. And uh, I will tell you the key, the starting place for any manifestation of, especially like the big stuff, the important stuff, the stuff that's a little scary or really scary, you know, um, because we, we want it so bad and we need it. The truth is, one of the truths is when you look at the experience that's attached to the thing, you know, we do need those things. You know, you've, you've seen that, um, Abraham Maslow is a famous psychologist who created a, a hierarchy of human needs. And what we'll often find is that the experience that I desire to manifest is associated with self-actualization, which is on the very top of Maslow's hierarchy. Well, in areas of my life where I'm not capable of those experiences yet, I'm not capable of manifesting those experiences yet. I don't have beliefs that are capable of manifesting those experiences. The good news is by manifesting what I am capable of right now and learning from that, I don't need to try to figure out how I'm going to eventually manifest that million dollars. Because quite honestly, from where I am right now, I don't really see it. And that's what is a big part of why it's so scary. As we grow our beliefs, by being real, you know, where we really are, by feeling how we really feel and using those feelings to inform us of what our beliefs are capable of, we can intentionally nudge ourselves, meaning really what I'm saying is nudge our beliefs up into slowly but steadily greater alignment with the experiences we desire. And along the way, can you manifest the million dollars and not just the experience? Of course, if you don't stop, of course. Now, will you manifest? There's no guarantee. There's no, there's no guarantee for anything, right? I mean, most of what 3D time space has been about for humans since the scientific revolution is trying to guarantee everything, you know, create absolutes. When we do this, this is what happens. Um, and 
we've taken that about as far, well, we've taken that as far as we can take it. It's pretty accurate. I mean, it works pretty well here in 3D time space. There aren't any guarantees of what you can grow your beliefs into being capable of manifesting. But if you do this, you will always create the best opportunity to, to, to grow them into what they're capable of. You know, think about an acorn. I mean, an acorn is an oak tree, you know? And, and an oak tree is an acorn. They're just in different states, but it's the same thing. Now, not every acorn is going to become an oak tree, but the best chance for an acorn to become an oak tree is for the acorn to like try to become an oak tree, you know? And, and, and an, ac an acorn is not going to become an oak tree by saying, I'm not an oak tree yet. I'm not an oak tree yet, right? I mean, that's ridiculous. We, we know, I mean, come on, acorn. Because the acorn knows it is what it is until it is what it is next. And then it is what it is then. And then it is what it is next. And then it is what it is then. And we, we grow our beliefs into the capacity to manifest experiences that we can begin to see and do. We can have those experiences independent of specific outcomes, but those specific outcomes are also okay too, right? You know, you can have, you can find a job is it, is it possible that you could leave your house in three months and start making more money than your parents immediately? Well, of course it is. Are your beliefs capable of creating that right now? I don't know. If they're not, then focusing on that is going to be asking them to make a quantum leap that they are, they're completely incapable of doing that uh, for many reasons. Uh, and a lot of that is human physiology. Uh, but if you start manifesting the experiences you're capable of right now, a financial, and you listen to the feelings, let the feelings teach you what you need to do next, you'll be amazed at the lessons that they have for you. And you're, you can grow those beliefs. It's not positive thinking. You know, I, yeah, don't, don't, we're not, we're not, we're not suggesting that we manufacture feelings, yeah. you know, hmm. because fe feelings don't manifest anything. Feelings are like the mercury in an old fashioned thermometer. All they're simply telling us how capable our beliefs are right now or how incapable our beliefs are right now. You know, Aaron, you're lit like, right. You're still living at home, right? Okay, so uh, yeah. you're so you're living at home. You don't have a you know a high paying full time job. You're just a kid. Blah 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 blah. All these things, all these facts, right? Um, your beliefs are manifesting the you know experiences of finance. You know all those experiences that you desire. You're manifesting those experiences right now in your current circumstances. The ways that they don't feel good, listen to that. You know, and I and and you know, I realize I'm trying to sort of 
give an overview of grow greater you in a very short time frame, but you, you'd be amazed mm-hmm. at what, you know, where that'll take you. Well, I'll tell you, yeah. I see a bridge here, Aaron. I wonder if it's okay. Do you have a question right yes. away? You want to ask? No, I have a comment. I was just going to say what I, what I'm hearing is um, your beliefs, like having, cause your beliefs create your experiences. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And be, and your beliefs, creating your experiences is more about creating the opportunity for the manifestation to occur. Because if you don't have that, if you don't hold space for it, that's what it's all about. Then it can't come to fruition. Right. Okay. It, it, yeah. I would say this, you know, Aaron, Renee and Greg, we're all three looking at our faces. You know, um, I'm not literally manifesting Aaron or Renee the same as you are not literally, you know, if you didn't know who I was, I would still exist. I promise. And the same is true for you. Okay. So when we talk about manifesting, we're, we're not, I mean, it's exciting to talk about making something appear out of thin air, but I'm not doing that with you, Aaron. I'm not doing that with you, Renee. What I am manifesting, though, is my own unique version of you that inhabits my physical universe, as you are doing with me, okay? I do that with every single thing in this 3D time space. These are all my own unique versions. If I didn't exist, the universe that I currently inhabit wouldn't exist, but yours still would. Okay, so my beliefs are manifesting each version of all these things. And in that way, they are kind of literally manifesting all these things because I'm creating the meaning they have, the value they have. Right. Uh, And of course, it's the meaning they have to me, the value they have to me. Yeah, I'm the source of it all. Um, I'm also the only one experiencing it. And so, you know, your, the way you manifest me in your universe, Aaron, that's important to me. You know, that has value to me. Uh, when you give me feedback and say, man, you're a really valuable person, Greg, that is, is, that's incredibly helpful for me. Okay. Because here's the, here's the thing. You probably already figured this, but you know how you're manifesting your own unique version of every single thing in the universe? You are included in that. You're manifesting your own unique version of you. Not just your physical body, but your, your entire self you're manifesting. And, you know, since we're also manifesting a version of you, we're manifesting yourself in our universe. That energy is important. It's valuable. It's impactful. It's influential. Uh, that's a big part of the reason why, why wouldn't we be compelled to like want our parents to be proud of us or to want to please our teachers or mentors and, you know, people that we've identified as having value, we want them to be happy with us because they're creating a version of us in their universe. And true, you know, unfortunately, people um, obviously 
have been subjected to cruel and harmful versions that others created of them. Um, that's, that's awful. So we can see the kind of influence that has to nurture and also to tear down um, the versions that we create. And I'll tell you this, ultimately, the versions I create of you, the biggest influence on that is the version I'm creating of myself. It's very hard for me to um, create versions of other people and things. In fact, it's impossible because at the end of the day, my beliefs are manifesting all this. No matter what it is that my conscious awareness wants, no matter what it is that my energy knows. I mean, remember, you're 99.999% energy. And your energy knows that there's no such thing as scarcity. That's real. You really do know that. But your 0.0001% doesn't know that. If you see that in the feedback, you know, of the feelings that you feel as you manifest your versions of everything, you're going to sometimes, oh, this is not abundant. I've got limited time, limited resources, limited options. Yeah, that's those are real experiences that we're having. It's not that we're making those up, you know, in our head and we're, we're not to blame for those kinds of experiences. It's, it's really the flip side. It's that we don't have to be subjected to them because we know that we can, you know, we can glean lessons. We can take what we can see that our energy state knows the the, the world that it lives in, we can tap into that and let it guide us. So I have a question here and I, don't, I wonder what I know about you and what I know about Greg is this connection. And this is such a powerful message we're getting today from Greg. But I recall in your book, you said, feelings tell us whether our beliefs are in alignment with our desires. If I feel good, I'm in alignment. If I feel bad, I'm not. So feelings are like a thermometer that tell us, you know, where we are. So going back to um, the opportunity of the message that you share is tell the best story, no matter where you are. And Aaron, you are a writer and, and manifesting story as a writer. So I guess the question to Greg and Aaron is like, how does manifesting the best story of where you are, noticing your feelings and the relationship to your belief and the story of who you are becoming, how that all connects. Is that a valuable path to take, Aaron, related well, to you? Well, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna tell I, you, I, Aaron, you have to answer that one. Okay, all right. That's a big well, question. I guess thinking about it from the, I think the only way that I know how to tackle that at this moment is when I write, it does come from, it comes, it does come up from a thinking place, but it also comes from a feeling place at the same time, you know? And, um, and when you're writing, especially like if you're writing about characters and all that, you do have to think about their beliefs and kind of their, you know, what you would call their personality. Um, and you need to, you, I guess you need to manifest them on the page as though it's this other personality and this other, you know, 
person with uh, different beliefs, you know, outside of yourself, sort of, but also still within yourself, if that kind of makes sense. Because, I mean, when you write, it is, you know, characters and inspiration for characters sometimes, a lot of times come from you. And since it is coming from a thinking place, it's coming from your knowledge and sort of your feelings as you're writing it. And I think, um, you know, writing is sort of like that. It's like that creation and making manifestation, bringing together feelings and beliefs, but also, you know, knowledge on top of that. Like that's the foundation. I think the feelings and the beliefs are up here and then the knowledge and foundation, like what you want to tell people and what you're doing with the book and the writing foundation and the, and the feelings and beliefs are up here and, it, and that's what people see so that you can get to that core. I guess that's kind of my answer to it. I don't think that directly answered it, but that's, I guess that's where my brain went with that. Well, when I read that in Greg's book, I was thinking of you already, and I didn't know that this, this time together was going to be really delving into being specific and describing it experientially that's tied to your beliefs and your feelings in the story that you're saying about you. And that story is changing, right? Greg, I mean, the story is not, it's not, it's dynamic. It's always evolving. What's the best story I can share right now about me today or Aaron's best story today and how that's related to beliefs and the feelings and the connection to alignment and manifestation. That is a kind of like a formula that I think your own story demonstrated, Greg. Um, am I getting that right? You know, cause I'm really seeing it. Aaron is a writer and uh, he's making up stories all the time. What's his story? The best story for himself and his life right now <laughs> related to his beliefs and where he wants to go. I love the question, big money goals. Did you get your question answered, Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I have started becoming like, you know, specific and I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about anything or feel like I'm being held back by belief. So I think that's a good step in the direction. I think getting more specific and, you know, and I, and I know it, it's sort of like, I don't want to, it's not just about the money. It's about, um, I've also been focusing on the people I want to meet and the things that I want to do, like, I, you know, speaking or, um, you know, just the kind of communities I want to be in and the way I want to help with certain things, like tying it to the things I'm passionate about, you know, education, civic, um, you know, participation, like that, that sort of thing. So, and I think layering that, I'm starting to see a connection between knowing who I am and then it's easier to know what I want to do because of that, if that makes sense. And yeah. so by knowing what, who I am and what I want to do, it's, it's made it easier for me to manifest what I want and be specific. Cause I know, you know, I can, I can feel what I want for my future. And now I need to think about how I'm going to see it, you know, like by getting specific. So. Yeah. Well, I want to, you know, this has been such a fabulous conversation today. I don't want to thank both my guests, Greg Kuhn and Erin Johnson. And today's conversation was jam-packed with wisdom. And I wonder what you're each taking away from this um, conversation. How has it affirmed, enlightened, or empowered you? Let's start with you, Greg. You know, any insights that you've gained from being here today with Erin Johnson? Yeah, I like Erin. I really appreciated you um, laying out some of the, I love details. Um, I, I, because 
I don't, I don't write or talk or teach about anything unless I'm doing it. Um, I don't even, I wouldn't enjoy that. I wouldn't enjoy it any other way. It's fun to do this. Living is fun. Um, and, you know, I, I really appreciated you sharing those details. I, I will say, you know, practical steps sometimes get a, you know, kind of a bad rap in law of attraction. Um, be, because we do, we, you know, who wouldn't want to just blink our eyes and a pot of gold appears? Um, I, here's what you were reminding me of. Um, maybe, may, maybe I could grow my beliefs to the point where I could make a pot of gold appear by blinking my eyes. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hypothetically, that's, I, I guess I can't say that's impossible, but I will say this, that's not what I'm interested in manifesting. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I'm, I want to manifest love when it's possible, security, when it's possible, freedom, when it's possible, fulfillment, when, where it's possible. And part of manifesting things like that is creating the possibilities to go along with the beliefs what I want to continue to encourage you is that as, as important as creating those possibilities are, you know, doing things, building things, um, whether those are bridges and connections or, you know, brick and mortar entities that you can touch, uh, pay attention to your feelings as you go. And when, you know, when you, when you notice, you know, fear, worry, concern, you know, that kind of distress. Um, just know that that's simply some emotional feedback. It's, it's just saying, hey, um, Aaron, in this area or, you know, in, in, at this time, in this moment, your beliefs are not capable of manifesting the experiences you truly desire. There's nothing wrong. You're not doing anything wrong. It's okay. This is what your feelings are telling you, right? It's okay dude. Just like, you know, when you, if you, if you were feeling bad and you took your temperature and you, you know, it's like, oh, it's 102. Gosh, dang it. And you smash the thermometer. Well, we don't get mad. It's like, oh, okay. Well, there's some things I need to do to become well. So when, when that feeling feedback is scary and stressful and which it will be, all that is, 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 is this, this gentle nudge saying, you know, hey, man, there are some things, some, some ways that you need to, to do things a little differently, to think about things a little differently. And, and, and you'll be able to have a different experience. You'll be able to manifest a different experience here. But you got, there's some things you got to do. And those painful feelings, they'll, they'll clue you into what those things are, you know? If you follow, if you keep following that formula, I mean, I love the way that you are ticking off particulars. It's, it's not about being a, an, you know, a ethereal energy being. We're not ethereal energy beings. We are flesh and blood. Pinch your arm. It's real, right? It's about learning the lessons and applying them, you know, the energy lessons and bringing them into this realm and letting them guide us. So, and I just really appreciated what you had to say. Mm -hmm. 
So Aaron, take that in, take that in. <laughs> and um, I'm curious, uh, what would you say that, that what's been affirmed or enlightened or empowered in you as a result of being with Greg today? Well, I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away is a different perspective about, you know, manifestation is like, you're creating possibilities for yourself. You're creating the container for opportunity or the container is opportunity and your beliefs and, you know, and your actions too. You need to, you need to act will fill that opportunity and you need to hold that space for it. And, um, and, you know, hearing that, you know, to manifest the experience right now, the best you can, um, always good advice to do what you can to get to where, you know, you want to go is, you know, um, you know, reminding me that I need to take a step back, like every morning or every night, think about, you know, here's my big goals right now. How am I going to, you know, spend my time today or tomorrow to get a little closer, you know, um, and describing things experientially, um, is something I've been stepping into and it's just more confirmation that, um, if I can, you know, if I can feel the future, I'll be there <laughs> at some point, you know? And uh, yeah, so thank you, Greg, for that uh, little nuggets of wisdom. It's been, I'm gonna put that in the up here. <laughs> amazing, Aaron. So, thank you so much. Yeah. I would say that I learned a lot by being here today. First of all, I didn't realize that you had manifested the perfect teacher in your mind that you wanted, and then it showed up three years later. And so for the listeners, you know just like your imagination is so powerful. And it's like, it's more, I think Einstein said that, right? Imagination is more um, significant than intelligence. Um, and, you know, the thing, Greg, there's so much of wisdom that you share, but one of the big things for me that I'm taking away is about, write a, you know, to write about what I'm feeling in the moment that's leading me, that's my being nature, that's leading me to my doing nature. And that gets me out of my head and more into my heart when I'm really coming from my feelings and your story about how you had done it all right. You know, it's like, I totally get that. I've been a self-improvement person <laughs> for many, many years. And coming home to oneself and realizing to be very specific and describe experientially you know, what it would be like to actually have what I'm envisioning, you know, the experiential meaning, the feeling of it. And then when I'm in it, write about it. Because even looking back on yesterday, it's old news. <laughs> you know, it's like, be here now. It's all there is. So thank you, Greg and Erin. Uh, it's just been delightful to be with you today. And I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today. I don't know about you, but I'm just leaving this inspired and looking forward to our next intergenerational conversation that changes the world. Thanks again for being here, Greg Kuhn and Aaron Johnson. Thank you for your time today. Yeah. And Thanks, Greg, where can, uh, where can people find you? Uh, I, I'm knee deep in writing right now, but I'm still in posting to my uh, website, which is Greg Kuhn author dot com and of course go to amazon and type greg coon why quantum physicists however you want to to search them up um if, if you'd like to read a little more right. i can't wait to share what i'm writing thanks for giving me the opportunity awesome. to listen and learn
Right. Well, just for our listeners, it's Greg Kuhn. It's K-U-H-N, gregkuhnauthor.com. Thank you so much. Again, this is Living the Potential and livingthepotential.com. Thanks to you. And we look forward to hearing our next guests on the next show. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did and will join us for the next Bridging the Potential podcast. If you are interested in what we're doing here at Living the Potential Network, please visit our website at www.livingthepotential.com and check out the first two chapters of Renee Beth's book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World. Till next time.